This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord, Dr. Hansen. How are you? Good. How are you, Shannon? Hey, I am feeling 100% recovered tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm doing good. Thank you. And uh, we're excited to be here tonight, folks, with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, coming to you live from Stanwood, Washington, World Ministries International. Check out their website during this broadcast, worldministries.org. Brother Hansen, would you like to open us up in prayer? Father God, we're grateful for tonight, dear God, that we can speak the truth one more time. Continue to be with us as the truth will set people free. Let them be aware of the situation in America and around the world, and so they can prepare, Lord, their hearts, they can prepare their soul, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, tonight I want to welcome each one of you that are listening. We are with Shannon Davis, OmegaManRadio.com. It's syndicated. It goes around the world. Also, those that are watching our warning television program, social media, or warning radio or shortwave programs, welcome. I had a decision to make, and I'm going to be speaking in a moment on the heart. It's going to be titled, Focus on the Heart. But I wanted to give a recap. I did an interview with Matt Shea, House of Representatives, and we discussed the situation in America today and what's taking place, I'm going to give you just a little summary. China appears to be ready to invade Taiwan with the blockade they have around the island nation. Now, you know, Nancy Pelosi flew to Taiwan. Everybody knows it. Her arrogance, the elite powers in America, democratic powers are pushing for war. It's insanity. Insanity to be pushing for war with China and Russia. But that's exactly what they're doing. Chinese military is starving Taiwan from fuel, energy, and food supply. Chinese military units are being amassed across the strait from Taiwan. Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan is said to be a photo op to have the appearance of fighting those they're in bed with against our nation, much like the Russian collusion hoax. Pelosi and the Democrats are pushing for war. Globalists seek to provoke a nuclear war. They're set up to survive it. 
They have underground facilities. China's invasion of Taiwan can lead to North Korea invading South Korea. Get prepared by getting sodium iodine tablets, food, and other supplies. We're talking about the situation facing the world, facing America. Now, I was also discussing with apostolic leader Don Beasley, heresy, Christian mythology taught in many churches today. We are seeing a different gospel that's been preached over 50 years ago. I spoke a message on being sold out. Now, 50, 60, 70 years ago, that would have been a common message. Sacrifice, serving God, being a martyr if necessary. Today, Christian mythology, they've twisted it around where God seems to serve you. We're our own little gods. Uh, a false gospel of grace, a false gospel of prosperity. And we're in desperate trouble. They say it's evolving. You know, T.D. Jakes, it's evolving. Like homosexuality is evolving. You know, the Bible says God doesn't evolve. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So we have a situation today that when Jesus said, will I, when I return, will I find faith? In other words, faith is being turned upside down in America. I'm talking about the scriptures. They're twisting the scriptures. Man in his arrogance thinks he's God himself. Trouble is coming. Now, for the globalists, it's not only about killing 6.5 billion people, but controlling the survivors as well. They want to control those that survive this coming nuclear war. Now, if you don't think a nuclear war is coming, I think you're utterly stupid. I think you're out of touch of reality. God has shown me that a long time ago. If you study Bible prophecy, the kings of the south and north collide, the kings of the north and west collide, the kings of the west and east collide, the north and the east collide, trouble is coming, millions and millions and billions are going to die. You can hope all you want that you don't see a nuclear war. Unless you're 100 years old and die tomorrow, you're going to see one. Trouble is coming. For most people, it's going to hit them broadside. They're going to be taken totally unaware. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's going to be mental breakdowns, psychiatric breakdowns, emotional breakdowns. Because some pastor said it would never happen. The enemy is deathly afraid of the true church. The church has always been the glue that holds a nation together. Leftists reportedly are preparing an October surprise if intelligence is right. They're talking about arresting Trump, leading to total civil war. Nancy Pelosi dogmatically said, they're not going to lose power. They're not going to lose the Senate or the House of Representatives. Yet, if you look at the polls, they're going to be slaughtered. What does she know? Well, she is pushing for war. Does she know there's going to be a martial law implemented? Does she know there's going to be a war? 
Does she know there's going to be civil unrest? And they're not going to give up power? What does she know? The entire world was impacted in one day in Jerusalem when the power of Pentecost fell. We need that same power today. And that's the point of Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and push Eagles Saving Nations and subscribe. Focus on the heart. I want to talk about that. And we could focus on the heart of anybody, but I'm going to focus on the heart of a child or an adult. Now, the heart is the primary center of all life and behavior. Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. What's the soul? Will, mind, and emotions. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You know, no matter where you're at in your education or your age, you can be wise in the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. He'll give you wisdom because the word of God is wisdom. Wisdom from God himself. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. We serve an ethical God. God is perfect in his moral law is a reflection of his character. The Bible explains what is the moral standard for successful living. So we need to focus on the heart of a child or an adult. Again, God is perfect, and his moral law is a reflection of his character, and his character does not evolve. So I'm sure, sorry, uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, I don't know what kind of nonsense you're studying. But God's moral law does not evolve. Homosexuality is still sin. 1 Peter 1.16 Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Ephesians 6.4 And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Note, parents need to follow this moral mandate to strive to raise their children with a moral holiness in biblical virtues, values. Parents must instruct and exhibit not only the will and character of God, but also his mercy and grace. I hope you heard what I said. Not only instruct in the will and character of God, but also is mercy and grace. We must exhibit that. James 1.22 But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. We need to have the reflection of God's character inside of us, including mercy and grace. Note, a person, man or child, must be taught more than good rules of conduct. They must be able to put the training into practice 
and believe and exhibit that conduct and morality. Again, we're focusing on the heart, not just the behavior. Behavior can be good in front of an audience, but when no one is looking, is the values, morality, and beliefs still operating? You can teach a child to behave properly in front of you. But does he choose to behave properly when you're not around? That's what you must train him into, accepting that morality. It's not just because I said it. Then you teach him why did you say that? Why? What's the reason for it? Yes, if they're a toddler under three, do it because I said it. But as they're three and above, we need to start teaching why we said something so that they also choose that understanding what we're saying is right. And now they choose it for their own morality, their own set of values. Matthew 12, 34 through 35. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Once again, we're focusing on the heart. Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. What is in your heart? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. People say, oh, I didn't mean it. Yes, you did. You just uh, blabbed too fast. Your tongue got to control. And uh, you exposed what was in your heart. Oh, it's a joke. Well, ha ha. Now we know your heart. Now we know what you really think. The heart is that portion of man that God looks upon and searches. The Apaches would watch a man's choices and say, now I know what is inside your heart. Jesus is saying that all behavior and words have their origin in the heart. We're supposed to be Training children. We're supposed to be training in church adults for the morality and the character of God. That's in the heart. If the heart chooses to follow the ways of God. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart. I used to always teach pastors, guard your heart. Because ministry is hard. Ministry is hard. If you're a good pastor, you really care about people. You work for them, you pray for them, you encourage them, you counsel them. 
And much of the time, they don't listen to you. They're stubborn, they're disobedient, they're arrogant. They don't come to church when they're supposed to. They gossip. Sometimes they lie. If you don't guard your heart, you'll leave the ministry. And 90% of the pastors do just that. They leave the ministry. They say, hey, I can find another job that I don't have to deal with people. Because people, frankly, are problematic. They cause problems. The Bible here, again, is warning especially parents that within the heart of children, impressions are molded and the issues of life flow from. This is true of young believers to teach them properly so they are sold out. And they do not develop into hedonism where they think God serves them. If we don't raise our children right, or if you don't teach the church correctly, both children and people think that God serves them, that people serve them. They're the center of the universe. Hedonism. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift and running to evil. This is what happens again. If we don't focus on the heart of children, if we don't focus on the heart of man. Note, this speaks of the heart's ability to devise wicked plans. A person before they commit Evil dwells, meaning thinks about it. If the person continues to think about it, whether it's fornication, rape, assault, robbery, murder, etc., but it all started in the heart, leading to the imagination and finally to the act. The reason why some are in prison and some people are not it's because some people quit thinking on the evil thought. And others continued until they committed the act. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The rod of correction would dry it, drive it far from him. Again, whether it's a child or an adult, we need to disciple, we need to correct. Note, parents need to correct the bad behavior of their children unless they want them to fail in life and end up being fired constantly or eventually in prison. The same way it is in churches for pastors to counsel people in their congregation to keep people from making bad mistakes and choices if the people are humble enough to listen. You know, a lot of people are notoriously stubborn, independent. Now, we could give a lot of other adjectives. Thick-headed. Most pastors are afraid to because today... People are so arrogant with the American independent spirit of, I'll do it my way. And they're not open to correction. 
You know, don't tell me what to do. I'll just go to another church. Proverbs 13.3, he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Once again, if we don't teach our children self-control, they will quickly open their mouth and get into trouble. And sometimes it might be serious trouble. Sometimes they might get somebody mad at them that pulls out a gun and shoots them. Or they get fired from their job. Or they don't get promoted. Or they get washed out of the military. Self-control. The character of God. We need to teach self-control. Patience. People lose their patience. You see it all the time in road rage. This is a live audience. Somebody gave testimony of road rage tonight. It's real. Obviously, that person did not learn patience. He didn't control his behavior. He might end up in prison now. Again, Proverbs 13.3, He who guards his mouth preserves his life. Proverbs 15, 2, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. But the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Note, the goal of heart training in children and pastors with their flock is to help people gain personal self-control. Self-control helps children and adults control their tongue so they don't get into needless arguments or insubordination resulting in termination of jobs or fights. The Bible warns us that a lack of discipline destroys a person's future. A lack of discipline destroys our future. Some people could be athletes Olympic athletes and Olympic champions, but they did not have the discipline it took to develop their talents. And so instead of being an Olympic champion, maybe they now ended up sweeping the streets. Discipline. God is a God of discipline. He wants us to develop that character. And it's up to parents to help their children Develop discipline. Proverbs 14, 29, who, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. In other words, you, you're going to be in trouble a lot. You're going to get into a lot of trouble. If I can be so bold to say, because you have a big mouth. Or in other words, you can't control your mouth. It's a lack of the character of morality of God and more of self-centeredness. To put it another way, it's just pride. God hates the proud. He gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. Some people, my pride had to get out of the way before the Holy Spirit could work through me. 
I had to forgive somebody I refused to. Our pride, our self, our self-centeredness hinders our victory in life. Hinders the power of God flowing through us or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It could hinder our advancement, our promotion, our success. Again, the Lord is telling us that we must learn to handle our negative emotions or we will destroy ourselves in our future. Many people are fired from their jobs, get divorced, or end up in prison because they cannot control their emotions. They never got in trouble in their whole life, never got a ticket. But something set them off. They got behind the wheel. They sped down the road. Accidentally killed somebody. And now they're in prison for homicide. A good person, an honest person, a law-abiding citizen, but couldn't control their emotions one time. And they're sitting in prison. If you don't think it could happen to you, you better think again. This all starts in the heart, which parents are supposed to help train the child and the pastor is supposed to help develop people in following God's character, explain them the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 Whosoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. In other words, if you cannot control your emotions, you're like a ship, the Titanic, ready to hit the iceberg. You are going to self-destruct. If we fail to focus on the heart of children and adults, they will not make sound decisions, sound judgment. They will not reach their full potential. They might even destroy themselves. How many people have foolishly lost their temper, lost control of their car, and killed themselves? Or lost control of their emotions, and without taking time to calm down, shot themselves, or shot somebody else? or got into a fight, not intending to kill somebody, but hitting them so hard, they knocked their head on the way down, and they died. Proverbs 1.3, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Can we do that? Training a child in biblical values, virtues, wisdom, guides the child to be an honest person, to live an honest, productive life. This helps a person to exceed, to excel, to be a person of excellence. Proverbs 10.9, He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his ways will become known. In other words, you will develop a reputation instead of for honesty and loyalty and morality. Your reputation might be somebody that can't be trusted. Might be, oh, he's nothing but a liar. 
You don't want to work with them. They cheat. Note, this warns us that if we walk in integrity, we are non-offensive. In other words, people will see honesty in us. They'll want to associate and do business with us. But if we don't, we will be known as a dishonest person not to be trusted. Consequently, people will not do business with us and parents won't want their children to hang out with those type of problematic children. I've even heard people say, I don't want to do business with Christians. Now, isn't that sad indictment? Now, that Christian, God will judge if they're really a Christian or if they're just totally unsanctified, serving self, and have a lot of growing up to do. Gandhi said of India, I would become a Christian if it weren't for Christians. He watched Christians and said, man, they're hypocrites. They don't believe in what they say. And for the most part, Gandhi is right. There's a lot of hypocrisy in Christians. And only if we teach our children the morality, the character, the heart, the values of God, will they be somebody that can be looked upon as honest and ethical and moral and righteous. Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You can turn a lot of people that are angry around with a soft answer. I remember at Costco a couple weeks ago, there was a car. It looked like nobody was in it. I looked in it. Couldn't see anybody, looked right through the windows and everything. So I drove around it. I wanted to get some gas. And the guy who was standing somewhere else bent down, got all mad and huffy and angry and came real boisterous, thinking I was cutting the line. And I just got out calmly and said, sir, I looked in the window. I didn't know. I didn't see you. So I thought it was an abandoned car. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, that's all right. I'm sorry. It was my fault. You go ahead. If you know how to have a soft answer and to control your emotions. Now, I could have got mad right back at him. It's not my fault. You weren't there. And we'd have been yelling and maybe hitting each other. But instead, my answer made my enemy become at peace with me. Sir, I'm sorry. I would never have done that. I looked in the window. I didn't see you. You weren't there. I didn't know you were somewhere else bent down. Here, you, you can have my spot. No, 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 you keep it. It was my fault. How do you talk with people? Can you make your enemies be at peace with you? Or are you gonna, you're mad too now, and you're going to shoot your mouth right back at him. So you got two people mad, and that's not going to get you anywhere but a fist fight. Or worse. Righteous acts and kindness wins the hearts of people. Even our enemies can be won over with the heart of God, exhibited through their lives. <clears throat> this gives children the best opportunity in life to succeed instead of returning evil for evil. 
and failing in life as one always seeks vengeance, etc. You know, that's that's today's mentality. Evil for evil. They honk at you, you honk at them. And it is tempting. And sometimes we might fail and honk right back. But usually when you do, you know that your pride got the best of you. It'd be better just to do nothing. Don't honk. Let the guy be a fool. Because you argue with a fool and you might have road rage. Just be calm. And Dahlia was learning to drive. I said, you let them honk at you, scream at you, yell at you. You just be calm and take it at your own pace and don't let them bother you. Because their actions can cause you to make a mistake. You don't need their vanity, their lack of self-control to cause you to fail. Proverbs 1.3, again, to receive instruction is wisdom. Biblical training changes the heart, if accepted, into peaceful fruits of righteousness and success. This type of person is promoted in jobs, the military, is a good spouse, parent, and neighbor. Hebrews 12.11 Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless after it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness. Again, it's not maybe enjoyable to be corrected. But afterwards, we can learn and be successful. Note, it is important for parents to bring about acceptable behavior, even though the child might not have the cognitive understanding for the behavior. Adults don't always understand the ways of God, but we still need to obey his commandments if we want to be successful and not fail in life, marriage, jobs, etc. The ch children, true actions precede beliefs. They need to learn to obey parents regardless if they understand why. You know, don't drink that arsenic. Well, we need to obey that instruction even if we don't understand what's in arsenic. Titus 3.2 To speak evil of no one, to be peaceful, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Note, God wants us to raise children to become courteous adults. The prisons are filled with people who did not learn this lesson. God doesn't want us to engage in hostilities or hostile arguments in front of our children. He doesn't want us to participate in gossip or backbiting. Now, that's the worst thing that parents do to their children and young adults is they roast the leadership of the church at the dinner table in front of their young adults and they wonder why their young adults don't respect authority or don't go to church anymore. Well, you were a hypocrite right in front of your kids. A very bad example of a sin of gossip, backbiting, tail-bearing, thinking, oh, the leadership isn't doing things right, and so you tear them down, and then you wonder why they don't obey authority. 
This is not the heart of God. It is not the heart of love. It's the action of a self-centered person who doesn't get his way. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's moral laws never change. They are the reflection of his heart, which exhibits his character, that are supposed to train our children and attempt to have the congregation choose to accept and develop into. We are to be as God. He doesn't change. 1 Kings 1, 37 through 47. As the Lord has been with my Lord, the king, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. 47. And moreover, the king's servant have gone to bless our Lord, King David, saying, May God make the name of Solomon better than your name. And may he make his throne greater than your throne. Then the king bowed himself on the bed. Once again, that was 1 Kings 1, 37 and 47. Note, our goal is to raise our children into a better generation than the one we presently have in America that look more like the generation described in Sodom and Gomorrah and the Plain Cities. That's what America looks like now. We want to raise our children into a better generation than what is in America today. We want our children to even grow faster into men and women of God than we did. We want them to be successful and exhibit the manner and worth ethics of Jesus Christ himself. With raising children, it is important to remember these points according to growing kids God's way. One, when the marriage is going well, the children feel the effect and there is more harmony in the family. Two, have couch time. Time together as a family. Play games together. Have family devotions. Don't give up and don't give in. To have a family who looks to each other for their support and strength is worth it. Again, it applies to a family, it applies to a church. You got to work at it. You got to work for loyalty and supporting one another. People don't normally do this. People are selfish. They want their own way. Me, myself, and I. Not Jesus, others, and you. You're raising children called adults in the church into mature adults. That's all it is. The church is basically a family. You have different ages of maturity in the church. Just like you do it at home. Three eat meals together as often as possible. I like fam, you know, food fellowships. Make sure mom and dad show their kids that they love each other. In the church, what? When you go home, you don't talk about the pastor to your 
other people around the table. You keep your mouth shut if you got too much pride in yourself. Just bite the tongue until your adult children leave. Just bite the tongue. Then you might reach the point you don't have to bite the tongue anymore because the pride is more gone. Teach your kids to study the Word of God. Some of my best and most formative memories in my family involved times when I was worshiping with my family or simply enjoying their company at the table, knowing that my parents have a secure relationship. Growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of love. We ate together. If I wasn't in school, we ate together. It's not like today everyone grabs their own meal and runs. That does not breed a lot of family unity or loyalty where you can know what is going on with the other person's life. Teach your children to have self-control. This is absolutely critical. Whether someone has an issue with controlling anger, meltdowns, tone of voice, or even talking, eating, or sleeping, self-control and balance for all family members are absolute keys to family life. You want family harmony? Or do you want to go to World War III every night? Put a premium on teaching your children respect for authority and how to become others-centered. Work hard on building family identity. Have meals together so you can talk with each other. Have the entire family go to activities everyone is in so you can become each other's biggest cheerleaders. Get first-time obedience and keep it. Family life will be good if parents get their children to respect and obey them. Be very consistent with the training of their children. Help develop good, strong relationships with the family. It is important for both parents to be involved in training their children. Both parents. Just like in the church. Leadership of the church should have the same concern over the behavior and actions of members of the church. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, this is the best way you can give them a good start in life. Sure, they have their own will. Sure, they can still depart. But still, this is your responsibility. Just like in a church, a pastor, he needs to do the very best he can be. And then that person will be judged alone by God, but not the pastor for failing to do his part. Parents need to do their part, regardless of when children grow up, if they override that. God will judge that young adult, but he won't judge you for your failures as a parent. In Genesis 2.18, God states emphatically, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make 
him a helper suitable for him. So the most important aspect of developing children or a church is the relationship with husband and wife. That's the most important thing. When you have children, you don't neglect your husband or wife. They are to take premium effort. You don't neglect them. Some people do. It's called child-centered, child-raising, and you raise selfish children. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Note, in the truest sense, Adam was not alone. He was surrounded by all creation. But even more importantly, he was perfect in relationship with God. Yet God said he was alone. This being alone implies a total person, spiritually, socially, emotionally, or physically, all dimensions. Not good to be alone refers to the absence of another being like Adam with a view of completing his total person. Hope you're catching this and you understand why if a spouse dies, why the other one goes through grief. So Adam had a void of relational intimacy with his own kind in his life. It was a type of intimacy that blends two persons into oneness and sameness. The two shall be one. There's no other relationship on earth like husband and wife. In Genesis 2, 18 through 24, God announces his dissatisfaction with Adam being alone, and God took a rib out of Adam and made Eve. The crown of God's creation was a holy union of the man and the woman. God united the two himself. This is uniquely man and woman, not two men. Marriage is the holy reality of two becoming one, a partnership. In Genesis 1, 27 through 31, God declared it was very good and he rested from his work. Therefore, the marriage relationship lacks nothing. If children were necessary to complete man and woman, God would have created them before making such a declaration. Children do not complete the family, they expand it. The family is complete in the marriage. In premium time, should be always focused on the marriage, first priority. Note, the quality of a parent-child relationship depends on the quality of the relationship between husband and wife. Much of the child's security depends on what he observes between his mother and father. When he sees them demonstrate love and affection for each other, he feels more secure. I hope you're picking this up. Same thing in a church. If they see love and affection toward the pastor and the leadership, not gossiping, murmuring, complaining, the church is secure. If not, the church usually ends up in a split. One, you must make, you must make the husband-wife relationship a priority for successful parenting. Letting the children see the mom and dad love each other 
is the most important thing for the child's emotional well-being to alleviate anxiety, learning disabilities, and emotional collapse. When you understand this, you understand some people, my goodness, maybe they had a lot of problems growing up because they have a learning disability. Maybe they watched their parents always argue and fight. Far more important than anything you could do or give them is to have a mother and father that shows love to each other. When you fail to make your marriage a top priority and instead focus on your children, it is the first step to break up family relationships. Child-centered parenting threatens the successful family life and attacks the husband-wife relationship where one spouse pulls away, ignoring Mark 10, 9, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Child-centered parenting elevates the child above the marriage, creating selfish children who grow up to be selfish adults. Five, child-centered parenting fosters family independence instead of family dependence. They become independent, where children grow up self-centered and selfish with no family loyalty. Child-centered parenting magnifies the natural conflict between the normal way of the child and his need for moral conformity. You cannot just give the child anything they want. This comes close to idolatry where the child's happiness is greater than his holiness. No, you teach him self-control. Seven, child-centered parenting creates children who turn into adults who are me-centered, and the person learns to take instead of give. If the child wants to swing instead of using self-control and patience and manners, that child instead just pushes the other child off the swing and takes it. This child-adult will fail in life as there will always be conflicts, divorce, firings from jobs, etc. Conclusion. It is not enough to teach your children how to act morally according to biblical values. Parents must also teach them how to think morally. Moral thought is a prerequisite to the process of raising a morally responsible child. One major reason children do not internalize virtues or complementary values is because parental instructions too often lacks moral reason. We must not only tell them what to do, but we must also tell them why we do not or don't want them to do something. For instance, a toddler under three telling him to obey because mommy said it is different than telling a 12-year-old youngster. The 12-year-old needs to know how to act and how to think morally for himself. Don't run after church in the foyer because there could be elderly people or small children you might hurt or run into carrying coffee that might spill on them and burn them. So now you're giving them a reason to behave properly. And so when you're not there, morally they've taken that reason internally and they can still make the same right choice without you telling them. That's what we're trying to create. People, children, adults who make the right choice 
without us having to be watching right over them, whether it's parents or pastor? Can we help people make the right choices in life to serve God? The chase after the things of God. Eagle-saving nations. Do we want them to chase after God or do we teach them to chase after themselves? Self-centered people that has allowed America to just about fall apart. We're falling apart because we're filled with self-centered people instead of people chasing God and the morality of God and the values of God and the ways of God. Instead, Americans have become their own little gods. Or instead of husband and wife, it's Tom and Jerry, Mary and Sue, and Mr. Magoo. God made husband and wife. Man makes Frankenstein. Ladies and gentlemen, we must, we must, we must spend time imparting into people the ways of God. They must chase after God. We need another great awakening. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. Become either a golden eagle, a bald eagle, or a white eagle. You say, why am I doing that? Because if you don't help us to get another great awakening, to have people focused on and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, we're going to lose America. You're going to see nuclear war. And your life will never be the same again. $50 a year for a golden eagle, that is literally nothing. Some people spend that at a coffee shop. One time. A bald eagle is $22 a month, a gold eagle, or a white eagle, $220 a month. Some people can afford that. Some people could afford to send me $2,000 a month. This is all to get us into the stadiums, to have the organization of people, to put together so we can see another great awakening, a tremendous revival sweeping America so the church once again can be the salt, the light, the glue that will hold America together and stop the insanity of people without the morality of God destroying this nation and destroying you. My phone number is 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. If you want to telephone my office, 360-629-5248. It's been a very hard year financially. Please give us your very best donation. Join Eagle Saving Nations. Once again, my website, www.worldministries.org. You can write to me, WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Shannon? Powerful word tonight. Great audio and honor to be here with you, Dr. Hansen and World Ministries here. I want to encourage everybody to support World Ministries International. Become also part of Eagles Saving Nations. 
And uh, Dr. Hansen, uh, where else can people tune in and listen to your broadcast? Well, we if you go to my website, we are on a lot of different channels, social media. On my website, again, they could click on uh, television and radio. They would have all of the channels and ways they could watch or listen. They can watch my program even if they're in an area and they don't get my, uh, my channels uh, that were on paid television stations. I mean, they could still watch it or listen to my radio programs every day from my website. So that's www.worldministries.org. Folks, go there. There's also some great interviews going on there. And uh, with that, uh, thank you for coming on tonight, Dr. Hansen. Uh, would you like to close us in prayer? Father God, thank you so much again for the freedom that we have to serve you. Thank you for Shannon, Lord, and everything he's doing to extend your kingdom on earth, Lord. I appreciate Shannon Davis so very much. Bless him in OmegaManRadio.com. Bless him in Bali, his family, his ministry. Keep us all, dear God, so we can extend your gospel. We can swing the sword. We can have great testimonies and crowns to lay at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. I say amen to that. We'll see you next time, my friend. God bless you. God bless you, Shannon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.